Hey, I'm Travis Vengroff from the Dark Dice Podcast, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Aletta Lawler and Penny Lines to talk about Salvage Union. In the news, more Strixhaven previews, including the Table of Contents, a Dungeons & Dragons-themed restaurant, Cortex Prime fan license revealed to controversy, Pathfinder out-of-print books coming back as print-on-demand, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about an odd selection of swords. This week on Morse's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by Jolly Bodger's Piratical Outfitters, who offer a wide range of parrots, wooden legs, cutlasses, eye patches, tricorns, and beard beads. Whether you're a buccaneer, privateer, or tyrannical scourge of the seas, Jolly Bodger has you covered. It seems to me that the young people have started dressing as pirates recently. They seem to consider it fashionable to wear eye patches and ridiculous hats. What's wrong with a simple robe with gold lace filigree and a vaulted collar? That's what I want to know. All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, back this week because, as you may or may not have noticed, I was away last week because people were decorating my house. They are still decorating my house. However, I do have one room that I can use. <laughs> so I apologize if I do sound a little bit echoey. This room is largely empty with a lot of flat but very, very clean painted walls. Uh, Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Delighted has ever to be here, but sad that you feel the need to conceal the truth for us. You were, in fact, eaten by a dragon. We know it's true because it was on this podcast. I was eaten by a dragon. But but you got better. I got better, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Peter, you brought brought, brought me two two guests. Two two guests. One to make up for last week, I take it, and one for for this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 100% how this works. Uh, Yes. Fantastic creators from Leyline, Leyline Press here to tell us about their exciting game Salvage Union coming to a Kickstarter any time now. In fact, I think it's already started. It's live yeah, now. It's live, yeah. Yeah. It mm. is live. Yeah, we've got Panny Lights, who's been on the podcast before, and Alad Lawler. Hi, welcome. Hey, yeah, thanks thank for having you. us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're going to be talking about mechs. I do like mechs. Yes. I do like myself a yeah. mech. There's wow. big stompy robots. It's everything. I've actually been involved in a couple of playtests. So yeah, yeah. What yeah. Can I say? I've got a secret. I am, in fact, a big stompy robot. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you just appear very small on the screen. Yes. Yeah. The, the scaling, the scaling of that flat. That, that's why it's taking so long to decorate, right? Because it's, it's actually so big, an yeah. enormous hangar space. Yeah. Yeah. Like that pot plant in the background. That's actually over 120 foot tall. That's yeah. a yeah. redwood tree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the week's news, shall we? So let's start with some D and D news, as we often do, because there's, Mm -hmm. let's face it, always D and D news. Mm. Um, So the table of contents for Strixhaven: Curriculum of Chaos has appeared online. First appeared on Reddit, and then it spread to everywhere online, I believe. Mm That's yep. the technical term. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. How I love anyway, it. This, this is the table of contents. So as you can see, um, the book has seven chapters. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It is very much, well, we, we already know this, it's very much sort of uh, American universities with a, mm. like, like Hogwarts is sort of British public school with mm. a British boarding school with a fantasy fair. This is American universities with a fantasy uh, fair. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think they like to call them colleges. This, or colleges. Colleges, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember that. This was the, this was the post that upset all the grog nerds, right? Because they were like, oh no, D&D, but it's now Harry Potter or something. But really, something like that. Really, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. fine. <laughs> I, I mean, it takes, it takes so very little to upset these grog nerds now. <laughs> it it's like... Yeah. I, do, I, mean, I do have a challenge for you, though. If you look yeah. at that table of contents, look at the bottom left, page mm-hmm. 57, there's two... Two names. The second from the bottom there. Can oh, anyone Lord. pronounce that name? Uh, <laughs> which one? Rosie Meifenblip was Fedlims. Rosie Meifenblip yeah. was Fedlims. I, I, I was thinking yeah. maybe yeah. Rosie Miffenblip. Rosie Miffenblip. Like the, yeah, 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 Rosie Miffenblip. Yeah, yeah, was like Fedlims. Yeah. And was Fedlims. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, the double F. The double F in Welsh would mm. definitely be pronounced as. F- as, but then, if you were going to do that, then the single F in the following name would be pronounced as a V. So, ah, so it'd be, um, yeah, was it Rosie Miffenbrip was uh, if, Well, if if you're pronouncing that whole thing in Welsh, mm. that that would be very challenging. Um, Rosie mm. Muffenbip, Rosie Muffin, Rosie Muffenbip. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there's no Z, so I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But mm. we we ved we limbs. We've had limbs, yeah. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> and just okay. as a quick announcement, Alad is doing the Welsh translation for Strixhaven. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a much underserved market for D&D. And in fact, the rest of this podcast will be conducted in Welsh. Yes. That's got to be the shortest time your bluff has ever been called in, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take I'll take any opportunity to show off. So. <laughs> so anyway, back to this table of contents. So um, we got the seven chapters. Number chapter number one is life on campus, and it talks about the five different colleges of the um, of the university, I guess. Mm-hmm. Chapter two is character options. So we got mm-hmm. um, new race, the uh, owlin, yeah, yeah, the sentient owl. We got yeah. various backgrounds, one for each college. Yeah, I believe they were feats originally in the playtest, were they? And yeah. then they Looks like Strixhaven initiate Strixhaven mascot. There's a uh, what four or five new spells? Yeah, a bunch of spells, yeah. some magic yeah. items. Oh, and I've then- got to give a shout out to the bottle of boundless coffee though. <laughs> that, that's going to be one hundred percent necessary to finishing anything. So it could be like a good uh, thing to. Port over into your game if you're also running a D&D session about being a game designer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, it, it, it actually does very much remind me of the, the enormous bottle of cold brew that Panny brings with him every time we do a dev session. <laughs> 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 basic, basic fuel we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not the special brew we have after. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's in me. Well, someone has to sit on that park bench. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, right, so chapter, chapter three, school is in session. So that's um, that talks about extracurricular activities, jobs, mm-hmm. exams. They've got a whole set of relationship rules, apparently, mm. where mm. I don't quite know how it works, but I think you basically have like maybe like um, uh, scores towards different individuals within the... Mm. Within the NPCs within the game, mm. yeah, I don't know how detailed or how complex that is. No. Not very, I would imagine, but yeah. 
Uh, you've got two pages devoted to it, so maybe that includes art, maybe it doesn't, don't know. Mm. Well, you've, got, yeah, you've got, you got two of them per page, I suppose, as well. So mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then we have got some adventures. Ooh. Oh, it's got uh, like a little starting adventure, Campus Kerfuffle. Campus Kerfuffle. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I guess that's like... Essentially, what one, two, three chapter, four chapters devoted to an adventure. Yeah, have you noticed that each adventure there has exams <laughs> inside the adventure? Uh, yeah, seems likely. To, to, um, yeah. Must be like structured in I such mean, a way that it. Yeah, it seems like an important part of the educational experience. Well, as I understand yeah. it, by taking mm. an exam in the game, if you pass the exam, you get some kind of bonus later oh. related to the topic of the exam. Oh, yeah. You've actually got several adve- exams, actually, haven't you? Per There's three exams per adventure, aren't there? So, One, two, three. Yeah. yeah. And oh. it, it's... Oh, no, hang on. Because then there's advanced to sixth level. Yeah, so it, it seems like, actually, that the exams there's, kind of coincide with level advancement. It's, a, it's, a, it's an exam per level, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess, then, that we've got... Uh, it's a level, what, 1 to 10? 1 to 10, yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, so the first one, the exams are Sladi Owl Bears. Well, they've got the name wrong for a start. We all know yeah, they're called Bear Owls. owls. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Otiugs. Yeah. And the three exams uh, in the first adventure. And then... Uh, was it <coughs> Glyph of Warding, Sybil Glyphs, and Augury? Mm. My favourite yeah. D&D monsters for the big poo demons, basically. As seen on Star Wars, yeah. uh, A New Hope. Then uh, we've got exams on relics, devices, and what's that other one? An after Arcana. Mm. I see very meta. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, yeah. after the adventures, we've got a big old section on friends and foes, which is, you know, nice. stat blocks for monsters yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. things like that. Uh, and members of staff, to be fair. Yes. Yeah. Faculty. <laughs> so is this is this a book that interests you guys at all? Um, I'm, 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 no, not for me. Tell us how you really feel, Panny. <laughs> I, I do run a weekly uh, Fifi game, but uh, probably won't be including... I don't know, maybe I'll have a look, I don't know, but I, mm. I don't really no. run it as a Fifi game, really. I run it as a weird mix of a load of other systems. Yeah, um, yeah, secretly yeah. We're playing it, Fifi. It, it may be aimed at, possibly, I'm just going to go out here, maybe a younger audience. Yeah, this one and, and, and the previous no. adventure were as well. The uh, witch light, fey, witch fire, witch fire light beyond the fey, what? Beyond one. the fey wild. The, yeah. the previous one. <laughs> 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 Whatever it was called. So, all sorts of. Re- <laughs> I mean, it, uh, but I'm, I'm, which, witching is the wild light, witching is the fey wild. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That is terrible. We are the uh, worst news show ever. I've got to say, we are we are not we're not doing a good job on that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, going to call ignorance from you know being being busy with like you know work. So you know I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> the beyond the witchlight. Wild beyond the witchlight. Yeah. Witch there we yes, go. That's what it was called. Yeah. I mean, we've only been covering it for like three, four, five, six months. Absolutely, barely enough time to learn anything. I mean, tell, it took us that long to learn the name of our own damn podcast. That's true. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Strixhaven, and that is coming yeah. out because of all the production delays and mm. apocalypses and mm. all that, all that really fun stuff. Um, it has been delayed. It was supposed to come out last month in November. It's now coming out in various different places 
across the month of December. I think we get it last in mm. Europe. And I think it's Europe and was it Asia? I think it was, get it last. Okay. Uh, America gets it first. Um, I think Australia gets it quite soon. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact order. But anyway, over the next sort of two or three weeks, it's going to be arriving okay. in different places. Fair enough. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right then. Hey, sticking on Dungeons & Dragons, there's a D&D inspired restaurant planned. Oh, okay. So it's like an actual right. real restaurant you can go to and consume in real life food. Uh-huh. But it's all themed on D&D. So this is in yeah. Lake Geneva in Wisconsin, which is where D&D started. Uh, right. Right. Okay. And it's going to be opening in spring 2024. Wow. I mean, that is could, a long lead up. That is, that is a say. very, no, no, no. That's it's a very when, long lead up. That's when Sixth Edition is planned though, right? Maybe uh, smart yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, no, 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 guys, guys, we're not allowed to call it Sixth Edition. It's like a, a mid-version revision. I tried to stay in a straight phase. I tried to. Come on. Give me me a break here. I can't believe it's on 6th edition. (laughs) I think think the word they're using is evolution. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's it's, it's it's the evolution. 5e LTE then. (laughs) (laughs) It's not 5g, it's 5e LTE. I still bet they're going to be calling anniversary edition. That is is my bet. They're not going to say 6e, I don't think. D and D Vista. D and D ninety five. Millennium edition. The flames rise up here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this restaurant. So um, it's got three sections. So these are the Griffin and Gargoyle Tavern, Curated Curiosities, and the Gnome Alchemist. So the Griffin and Gargoyle Tavern is the main restaurant section. Yeah. Which is going to be staffed by a cast of fantasy characters, sort of like how Disney does it, you know. Okay. So, so, so instead, instead, instead of being served your food by Mickey Mouse, you get served your food by Elminster, I guess. I don't know. I imagine it's probably going to be like a sort of high-rent Bugman's Bar then, isn't it, in that, in that regard? Mm. Yeah. I think that's more maybe the Gnome Alchemist section. Yeah. Uh, so the Gnome yeah. Alchemist is an artificer-themed bar that serves patrons a variety of unique beverages, including dry ice-infused concoctions that have bubbling and smoking effects. Uh, that'll be like the Harry Potter cauldron experience thing, cocktail thing, which I've been to and was actually really good. Um, I'm, I'm mm. not going to lie. That, that, that is quite fun. Um, they had like um, these magnets in the tables, oh, yeah. and then they mm. put a magnet in the drink, and then yes. you sort of like hover the wand over, which has like... Um, an NFC chip in it, which activates mm-hmm. the magnets, which then stirs the drink for you just by holding oh. the thing over. There's like loads of clever stuff like that. And it's, it's quite effective. I'm not going to lie. So it's not actually magic then? Um, uh, rather unsurprisingly, no. Sorry to burst the bubble. Yeah. Ah. I think, I think I'd uh, go to the D and D place. Um, like unironically, um, if I was like in that area, it sounds f- lots of fun. Yeah, I'll be a bit gimmicky, like but I'd definitely go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, they're opening in spring, so I guess they're just going to be opening and like saying, "Come on, Gen Con, make us all the money." Mm. It'd be it'd be interesting yeah. if they had like a genuinely medieval menu as well. So it's all just like pottage and like <laughs> and, and just like and dark dark burned <laughs> bread and, and birds stuffed with yeah, other birds. You just, just eat 
cottage out of a trencher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you know the 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 wealthier you are, like the more expensive your tickets, you get to sit at a table higher and higher, yeah. order over. Yeah. And over. The, the wealthier you are, the less dirt you get with your food. Like the big green tickets are like guaranteed ninety five percent earth free, more, which is pretty good. <laughs> more nice, sire. <laughs> Whereas in the lower tiers, obviously, your bread is mostly bits of stone. So, yeah, yeah uh, okay. it could work out for the teeth. So, yeah. so especially dwarven <laughs> bread, then, is what you're saying. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, I, it's not proper dwarf bread unless you can uh, use it as a throwing weapon or improvise melee. That's what I say. Okay. Anyway, mm. we digress. Uh, we, we do digress. We stop yes. digressing and get back yes. to some use. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that does. That's like two years away. That does look fun. And I, yeah. I almost certainly will never, ever, ever get a chance to go to it because it's... Aww. Yeah. Well, the chances of me having to be hanging around Wisconsin <laughs> any time are pretty slim. You never know. You never know. It no. might happen. It might happen. No. Um, so, Cortex. Huh? Yes. <laughs> so Cortex Prime <laughs> being oh, the yeah. uh... <laughs> okay quick I, I take it everyone from this laughter is vaguely familiar with this story we should yeah. let the listeners in on the joke um, it, it's cer- certainly an old and innovative and very brave step to have taken <laughs> yeah. so, so fandom owns cortex fandom of yes. course is the company that also owns dnd beyond and also mm. owns all those wiki fan wiki sites yes so so many wikis uh, yeah yeah they announced the community license for the cortex prime system this mm. week yes and the community license is not the commercial license so you can't publish mm. anything for sale under it but it's mm-hmm. the fan license yeah, yeah basically and let's just say the community's reaction was <laughs> not entirely positive <laughs> I think yeah that, that that would be one way to phrase it I think yeah <laughs> Fat fans less than perfectly delighted. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're just going for a significant amount of understatement here. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the bits that were not as popular as maybe they could be <laughs> <laughs> included yeah. the fact that the community license grants ownership of any mechanics created under the grants. So if you're a fan and mm. you create some mechanical element for no. Cortex Prime, Fandom then owns that that um that content. Yeah, no. it's it's interesting that obviously you can't own mechanics, mm. game mechanics. That's the that's mm. the one yeah. part of game design you yeah. cannot own. Um, yeah. So it's odd that that's the one thing that they are saying that they would own because not mm. only can can you not can they not claim it, you can't no. grant it to them because you can't own it to grant it to them in the first place. Whatever no. you design, so. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a weird phrase. All I can think of is what they meant by that is the text that you used mm. in order to yeah. describe that mechanic. They, they're claiming mm. copyright of that. It's the only thing I can think of. From, 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 from what I've heard, the, their intent behind it was to say, if you create something like a character class or something like that, or you, you create something that has any kind of mechanical bearing, that it then gets... The point of that is not so that they own it, um, their words... Um, is mm-hmm. that the rest of the community owns it and then can take it, recycle it, reuse it, and yeah. then obviously it can be a sort of self-fulfilling growth thing. That, uh, that uh, I believe, point, is their stance. Why not just use an open license? 
Exactly. That's, that's kind of the that point. Exact yeah. same call. But yeah. well, they, they do have, if you read to the end of the announcement, rather than literally exploding with rage, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, based on the Twitter feed, does seem to have been many people's response. Yeah. If you actually read down all the way to the bottom of the document that they're talking about, there is actually supposed to be a application form for a commercial license. Yeah, that's they can develop it commercially. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, I guess people's concerns are it feels like a preemptive grab for copyright of fan-made content so that if you were to release something as a fan, not make a profit for yourself, fandom are then saying, well, we can take this, put it into our games, and then sell it for, copy, sell it for profit. Technically, yes. But by what they've actually they, written they, down... Yeah. Whether they intend which, which to do that is another matter, but that oh, is definitely oh, what they've given themselves the ability to do. Definitely. Well, um, well, that, well, that's what they're claiming to have the ability to do, although we have established that copyright is really the important thing. And there's no nothing in that contract or quote contract which would then allow them to have someone else's copyright because that would be given by a separate set of laws. Is, but I'm not a lawyer. That's just my understanding of the situation. It just seems like quite a, quite a publicity misstep. Well, they've, they've also got another weird bit in it, in that for, mm. when you're making fan material, you cannot, and I no. quote here, you mm. cannot decompile, disassemble, no. or reverse engineer the Cortex system, or <laughs> any component thereof, by any means whatsoever. <laughs> so, so you can't do probability maths, is, is that what they're saying? I mean, that basically yeah. is the process of making fan content, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, um, if, if you can't amend it. Well, yeah, sorry, panic. <laughs> yeah, I know. One, one take I've heard about this, um, which maybe with a pinch of salt, is that this kind of license um, sets them up or covers themselves if they want to be fishing for like wider licenses, say like a Netflix series or something like that. And because those big dogs out there are going to be quite stringent in protection of IPs that they buy. Um, right, I don't know right, if that's the right. case or not, but I heard that. And also on a wider structural level, I think it just shows that the industry is expanding and we have like tendrils of more corporate stuff that's to be honest in other industries quite normal mm. like try and make mm-hmm. try and make like a star trek episode and see mm-hmm. how how many rights you have to it as a fan yeah like yeah. You, you don't like because they just lock it down yeah. because that's yeah and, and the ttrpg mm. industry isn't like that and that's brilliant but uh, and yeah, to be fair cortex know. is used for like because i believe it's used for like battlestar galactica and stuff like that as well right so it's already used on licensed properties so maybe it's it, to be fair it could it could well be a stipulation of um uh, the license holders as well that they mm-hmm. would insist that um part of that as part of the granting of the license that you have to you know make and maintain control over the copyright for you know any materials produced or something like yeah, that. Possibly, oh, that, that that's really interesting because i just read it has been boilerplate from computer game ip yeah. being dragged and dropped into it without really any thinking or application but yeah that that these like all that sound could, like that could be it too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knows, I think, I think we're coming up yeah. with many, many valid good conspiracy theories here, guys. Well, I mean, it's just like we really shouldn't be in this position where there is such ambiguity when they're doing this to uh, make clarity. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they yeah. did confirm because there was a bit of a uh, sort of – because this was posted on their Facebook page via uh, update on – not mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter page via mm-hmm. – um, by an update and they got yeah. into a conversation in the comments mm. of that trying to sort of explain mm. themselves and they did confirm in the comments because people sort of said look you know we can use the mechanics we could literally mm. create our own version of the cortex prime system as yeah. long as we don't use your words without yeah. any kind of license yeah and that's yeah. perfectly legal yeah. and, and they did confirm yes that is true 
Um, the, uh, but the, the advantage, <laughs> but the advantage of using this license is you can call, still call it Cortex, and you can use resources that Fandom provides. So that's what yeah. you get. So mm. you get to put a logo on yeah. it. You get to call it yeah. Cortex. You get to you get know. to trade off it, yeah. but you yeah. can't actually trade yeah. off it because you can't sell no. it. That's that, 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 going to yeah. be a different license anyway. Mm. So mm. it does it does beg the question. Look, you know, if you want to build community, the way to go about it is perhaps not mm. to just annoy your community immediately on <laughs> trying to establish one <laughs> it does it does seem like a pr misstep to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and i think and correct me if i'm wrong but somebody was also saying that they have said that you can't distribute on drive through rpg so this is the next thing i was going to get so, yeah, yeah. so um they've said that you cannot distribute it via drive through rpg or itch io itchio so the two major distribution platforms yeah because and the reason they give and this is weird it says because these platforms and i quote grants them rights to specific parts of the content including including content that the community license does not grant you rights to but i can tell you having published on drive through rpg for 20 years nearly and i've got like 600 odd products on there I can tell mm. you for a fact that Drive Through RPG does not claim any rights to any parts of your content at all. No. Mm. No. I don't know where they're getting that from. Yeah, wow, it's weird. I don't understand that bit at all. No, it um, feels a bit like this sort of recent. I say recent. It's been like three, four years where we've got a proliferation of media streaming platforms mm. like Netflix, Disney Channel. Yeah. Amazon Prime, and they're all trying to bring stuff back in house to give themselves their own value offering. Yeah. And yeah. They, it sounds like they basically just want to keep the like the fee that they charge for distribution to themselves. I wonder if it's something still also with lawyers drafting a license, but not being that familiar with what tabletop RPGing or how it, yeah, how it works. Entails. I was, I was about <laughs> to say the same thing. Like it, yeah. it could well be, like you say, an over <laughs> overzealous lawyer type sort of just writing up the thing and then saying well that seems pretty like say boilerplate and then but not realizing perhaps the effect that that has and Mm. sort of uh, mechanically how that works with you know the the community and how they're gonna what their take on that will be you know yeah i i mean i hear what you're saying but bear in mind this is from the kickstarter page where oh yeah there's also a bit where she said uh the person releasing this has said sorry I went. I know legalese can seem very intimidating. So here are the here are the highlight points which I've gone through with our our legal team. That's right. Like, okay. Really? Well, there, there you go. This is your post legal team take. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Ooh, Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Someone. Someone should have right. picked up on that. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, well, you need to hire good PR people, I'd say. I guess. Fandom. You want from the industry uh, as well. Yeah. I, I, are you available for hire? Is that what you're saying? Fandom <laughs> 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 can afford good PR people. Fandom's a, you know, it's a uh, big company. And, it's mm. huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So who knows what's going on there? Who knows? Yeah. I, reckon, I reckon we'll get an updated license sometime in the next month. Something mm. will come out. But I, I certainly feel that for publishers of RPGs who aren't, say, coastal-based wizards, this feels like a massive misstep because you're essentially driving away people who want to support and develop your game. Mm. Yeah, and absolutely. Which yeah. can only increase your fan base. It's like... No, oh, that's guys. I mean, yeah, yeah, I never thought the DM Guild would seem, like, generous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, well. Should we go on to some slightly happier news? 
Oh, yes. So the mothership. Yes. Yeah. Sci-fi RPG. First edition. Boxed set. Finished this week. (laughs) And it smashed past the million dollar. It's the latest member of the official million dollar club. With 1.4 million dollars. Whoa. Over Damn. a million British pounds as well. Yes. Um, yeah. even, it's even, even a million in real money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair, fair, fair play to them. You know, I think it's the, isn't it the fourth highest grossing um, TTRPG Kickstarter of all time now? Um, it's well, just behind like Avatar. And- I will yeah, yeah. pull up um, the official list and we will find out exactly. Um, um, I'm not they, sure just behind is quite how I ch- choose to describe here it. Here we go then. So um, it Avatar is... Avatar made... A lot. <laughs> like maybe more than three times that amount of money. Which isn't based off a fantastically popular animated series. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's, it's, not, it's not the first. <laughs> so we've got Avatar Legends, yeah. One Ring, the second mm. edition, Liana's mm. Guide to Monster Hunting, Seekers yeah. and Twisted... Taverns, mm-hmm. uh, Strongholds and Streaming, Fool's Gold, yep. Tanami's RPG, Kingdom's War for M- there. So it's going to be about seventh or eighth, I think. Oh, okay. But oh, it's but still then. a member of a very exclusive club. Yeah. I mean, yeah. top ten yeah. is still, you know, astounding for, you know, because I mean, TKG is still yeah. a small concern, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, done an absolute sterling job with that. Well, not anymore, mm-hmm. they're not. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> 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 a million dollar company. Yeah, which is nice. Which is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great for them. You know, it's um, mm. oh, great for us as well because you know we produce some mothership content. So you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more yes, players, uh, you know, oh, wow. M- mothership Andromeda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Andromeda. Funny you mentioned <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Funny you mentioned Rizzo that. Rizzo printed uh, glows under UV it, light module. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the glow in the dark one. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah. one that looks really cool and you should definitely buy. Um, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have bought it. <laughs> oh, right, well, yeah, um, yeah, that that'll be fulfilling in um, in a month or so. Uh, we're sending it off to print hopefully um, uh, next week, and uh, then we'll the, the PDFs will hopefully come out next week or the week after. Um, so yeah, mid mid December. Um, now that sort of the Salvage Union launches out the way, I can uh, buckle down, finish up the layout, get it properly lined up. Mm-hmm. Exciting! And it's uh, dice dice casting. Uh, so Ooh. you know, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Actually, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah. looking forward to getting that one, uh, getting that one yeah. in people's hands. Mm. Hey, so Paizo had an announcement this week. They've got mm-hmm. a very large out of print back catalogue. Oh yeah, yeah, and they are now bringing them back as print-on-demand products, and they're over at Drive-Thru RPG, which Paizo historically Ooh. has not sold at because they have no. their own store. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so Paizo now has a Drive-Thru RPG store. It's currently got eleven titles on it, but I presume mm. more are coming. Um, yeah. Um. So the Emerald Spire, Weeby Goblins, um, some campaign setting books. Mm. Yeah, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, so if, you, if you're looking for some, at least all Pathfinder first edition, presumably. Because yeah. I imagine all the second edition stuff is still in print. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so if you're looking for some old Paizo out of print stuff. Are they, I guess it sounds like all the adventure paths, is that right? Uh, so the Emerald Spire and Weeby Goblins, they're standalone adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We've got missing entries in a couple of adventure paths. So I guess... Mm. They've still got Try. stock of some of the adventures, but not the entire adventure paths or something. Oh, okay. How would you yeah. get missing entries? I can see people not getting to the end of the adventure path. Why would you have missing entries in the middle? Well, I don't know, but I might surmise, depending upon the age of the products, that maybe they're having problems 
getting drive through RPG to accept the print on demand files and they're just working their way through them because this wouldn't be like a major priority for them, I feel, because this is out of stock titles. It's just like a way to get some extra value and yeah, yeah, get them released. But like, there might be a problem with the files. Like, it might have gone missing. Mm. Yeah, not, there, or, there could be there could be a file yeah. format issue as well. Because I've worked mm. in places before where you know you sort mm. of get the old documents. They're all laid out in Quark Express version two point three mm. or something. And then it's like nobody's owned a copy of that since at least the mid nineties. So you know, it's like, and then how do you convert it? Because there's no converters because yeah. there's no demand. You know, it's it's yeah. just that sort of thing. Right. And then it's like, oh, do you scan in the old book? But then obviously, oh, do you redo the layout? You know, it's, yeah, it's all, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wizards of the Coast does that pretty much on mass these days, don't they? They've got so many outprint older things up for mm. I think they've digitally outsourced it to another company I think who are mm, doing mm. it I don't think they're doing yeah. it in house yeah. but anyway okay mm. um, there's some good old Pathfinder modules I, I loved Kingmaker when it came out way mm. back when I don't know if that's mm. there but it's a, it's yeah. a great one it's like yeah, I, I played through that one yeah, yeah. quite enjoyed that one so the Shipocalypse appears yes. to be coming to an end uh, just to be clear, that is a apocalypse involving shipping, the, as opposed to anything involving the, apocalypse. Apocalypse. the global right. shipping crisis. Yes, yes. Apocalypse yes. is a much better word, though. Yes. Yeah. So ICV two's reported on it. So forty mm-hmm. percent of the shipping traffic in the US goes through the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Wow. And they have had a massive backlog for months now. Yeah. Yeah. But there has now been significant progress made in clearing this backlog. So oh, two nice. weeks ago, there were 111 ships in the backlog. Mm-hmm. It's like stuck, not a- not able to unload cargo. They're now down to just mm-hmm. 61. Yeah. yeah. So I, I understood that's because there was like a temporary tax imposed on shipping containers if they weren't if they were there for a certain period of time, right. which I think has been a real incentive for people to get these shipping containers moving. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Who put the tax on who? On the uh, Joe Biden signing the presidential no, 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 order? No, no, no. Who, okay. who has to pay that tax? I assume on the Port Authority, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, right. I assume. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I imagine it must be the Port Authority because otherwise it'd be like, eh, whatever, we don't care. But <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We care a lot. Get them out <laughs> yeah. of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get them turned around, yeah. 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 I think we may have finished the news. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game is all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Right, we finished the news. So I think it's now time that we played what can only be described as our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Exciting stuff. <laughs> so I'm assuming you received your training manuals a few weeks ago. You've been through the training program. I nailed this last time. Have you signed the waivers and the insurance form just in case of any major mis- <laughs> Yeah, no, Paddy, like Paddy that, has the, um, the, the PR emails ready for when I inevitably <laughs> say something horrible about another company and we have to start covering ourselves. <laughs> well, we try, we try to be nice. We try to be yeah. nice. We try to look for the good in everything in this game. So, who would like to go first? I suggest Peter. Yeah, go on. All right, Peter. Are you ready? Yeah. Hell yeah. What have you got? What is... Hmm? What is the means of magic? And magic is spelt with a CK at the end. Oh, 
I am intrigued though. This sounds like an excellent game. Um, to be fair, right? I've got one of those Pavlovian responses where I hear the means of and immediately like production, but the means of magic. Uh, how can I work this into a thing? Um, how can one seize the means of magic? That's uh, that's the game I'm interested in playing. I think it is a game where you have your gay communist wizards who are seeking to regain control of magic, which has been kept away from them by gatekeeping uh, thormocrats who are who have control of the means of magic. They're guarding like the manor, the wellspring from which all manor flows. And you are playing the heroic resistance fighters who wish to restore magic to the world. Guess what? Is that, is that not 100% right? That is exactly what it is. No. That is, is exactly what it is. So this is a game from Wannabe Games. Mega courts have monopolized the world's most important resource, <laughs> magic. As they run the world of magic droid and then profit the planet's experiencing a natural catastrophe. If you can't stop them, the world is doomed. <laughs> wow, you got that spot on. Well done. <laughs> That that is because that is an excellent name. Do you, prom- do you promise <laughs> you haven't seen that one? I have. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, that is. Li- I literally elucidated my thought process just as I was speaking because it's like you know if someone says it means like, production, it's like so yeah. it means magic. It was like yeah, oh, well done, bang on, oh. great great job to the creators. I mean that sounds amazing. I will give you seventy five points out of seventy five. Well done. Ah, most generous. Thank you. So yeah. the next one, who would like to go next? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still just laughing. Okay, Christ. Who's going? I shall volunteer. Okay. (laughs) Are you volunteering as tribute? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Well, I mean, it's hard hard to top that. So yeah, let's go. (laughs) What is things that go squeak in the night? Um, so I reckon that's going to be a, um, some kind of, um, cute, cutie, like horror bestiary, um, of, um, strange, um, monsters, um, fairly system neutrally compatible with your various tabletop, um, role-playing games with lots of cute, um, animal art that's all a bit, um, horror themed with like shadows and twisted rats and all that stuff. You're thinking more spooky rather than spooky. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like, like Nightmare Before uh, Christmas, kind of. I think it's got elements of that in it, but no, that's not quite what it is. So what this is, is it's a standalone RPG where you are a mouse with a job to protect human children from the things that go bump in the night. Oh, that's cute. It uses a D6, an original D6 dice pool system. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play mouse... And we all do, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is the, this is the game you need. Things yeah, that go squeak in the night. So, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, um, it's doing pretty well too. It's uh, it's done over. It's done about seven thousand of its five thousand dollar goal with a week to go. So, nice. Oh, well done. If you back it, nice. you get it. My pleasure. Yeah. So, Good Penny, day. I can only give you I don't know uh, five points out of ten for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> add, add it to our um, rat and mouse theme games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. actually quite like, like mouse yeah. return all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that leaves added one for you. Right. And this one is called okay. Oodles of Oozes. 
Oodles of oozes. Which I think it's quite right, an easy okay. one to be fair. But. I think it's a, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that that's going to be um, a bestiary of um, uh, different types of uh, well oozes, I suppose. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's probably different type step blocks. Um, I would imagine it's probably for five e, mm. um, uh, just because everything is for the most part. Um, so I'm just playing the percentages on that one. Yeah, it's usually it's usually wise. <laughs> yeah, Strawberry. a bestiary a bestiary for five e of um, uh, various types of oozes. Yeah. I think what more is there to say it's exactly what it is 75 pages of oozes jellies slimes jams and gelatins for your gaming table 75 pages 75 pages good lord somebody really likes their goo yeah I mean that's the thing though like pretty much every game has slimes or oozes or something Mm. as a low level enemy right so if you were Mm. to collect all of them from all the games and mm. you know, sort of you know, jam them all in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amorphous murder blobs are us. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Well, in that case, I'm going to have to give you also 75 points out of 75. Oh, thank you. Which yeah. means the score is currently 75 75 to, um, what did you have, Barney? Five. 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 <laughs> <laughs> out, out of ten, though. Thirty-five, right? Which means I think we need a playoff between um, Aled and Peter, just as I do the winner is. So, which, which version of the playoff are we doing? Because that's quite important. So the the playoff always works slightly differently. In this one, <laughs> you've got to say what it's not, and whoever comes up with the best answer wins. So um, the title is Trinity Continuum, and you need to tell me what it's not. Okay, well... Oh, sorry, did you want to go? Right, okay, yeah. So um, uh, Trinity Continuum is um, uh, quite clearly a game about three different timelines uh, where you traverse between the different timelines. And, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a Legend of Zelda sort of thing where you go into the past to change the future to then get back to the present. Um, And uh, there's probably split stat blocks um, so that you can pick up on a body, uh, but your mental stat block perhaps carries over and. Uh, all of that. I'm actually just designing a new game now. Um, just probably stop there. Uh, this bank that idea. We'll we'll save yeah. that one for later. So we, all, we all know what yeah. your next Kickstarter is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas for me, the name Trinity Continuum that evokes very much um, a game in the style of Everyone's John, where you're all playing like uh, like if you if you're not familiar with the role playing game, it's like a a bit like the film Being John uh, Malkovich, where Malfitch. everyone can just enter into the head of someone and you're following this uh actually they're not actually a real life person they're actually a film uh, a character from a film and you're just following them on their continuing adventures uh as you follow it is the way that we've got matrix resurrections you're following the character trinity from the original matrix and everyone's like trying to control her as she uh goes through life so it's basically matrix. being being carrie Ann moss then Precisely. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But it's, 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 it, we're not being Carrie Ann Moss because she's. Uh, oh, I see. Right. Probably okay, so not you're, has. Yeah. You're, you're, you're being Trinity, the character. There Specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's not, anyway. <laughs> you're correct. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> well, which of those ideas do I like the best is the question. Yeah. <laughs> you both successfully told me what it was not. <gasps> it's difficult. Difficult one. Difficult. Alec. <laughs> I think Aled. I yeah. think I think Aled just just gets it there. Score. By a whisker, okay. by a hair. 
So, Aleph, congratulations. You. <laughs> you are the winner of this week's favourite game in all the world. Score. You get to take home the metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Okay. Uh, this is this is a trophy that I'm holding up. <laughs> yeah. not, uh, oh, oh, for those who are interested, Trinity Continuum actually is. Um, oh, yeah, you play like uh, characters who are self-aware within a virtual environment fighting the system. Okay. Oh, okay. So I, I was probably actually a bit too close to it. If I was going to, if I was, if I'd, of course, being in a yeah. self-aware system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'd have probably guessed something vampires um, had I gone for an actual answer, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's closer <laughs> to a way off course. It's, it's definitely closer to Matrix than it is vampires. I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Very good. No. Yeah, so you would have got if that if it'd been the other way around and you had to guess what it is, Peter. I'd have given no. you some points for that, but damn, yeah. yeah. No but sadly, <laughs> it was not meant to be. That's good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well met, Sir Smith. I'm here to purchase a new sword. Then you've come to the right place, my lord. What did you have in mind? Something long and pointy would be ideal. Long and pointy, eh? Let me see, but have you considered the uh, reverse falchion? I am a master of weaponry, a knight of the realm. I thought I was familiar with all weapons, yet I must express my perplexment, for I had heard of this reverse falchion. How odd, they're very popular, you know. Oh, they indeed. Well, Sir Smith, tell me more, if you will, of this reverse falchion. Well, you know how a falchion is curved, a, a single-edged curved sword? No, of course, anybody trained in the arts of war knows of the falchion. Well, the reverse falchion is curved the other way, my lord. The other way? Whatever do you mean? Well, your regular common or garden falchion curves inwards with the blade on the outside of the curve, you see? Yes, yes, of course. Makes for an excellent slashing weapon. While the reverse falchion instead has the blade on the inside of the curve, my lord. But why? What use is that? The very purpose of the curve is to gain a greater radial component to the blade's velocity whilst maintaining an equivalent tangential component, increasing the efficiency of the cut. Indeed, sir. Uh, putting the blade on the inside would render the weapon near useless. Uh, they are very popular, my lord. Well, I've never heard of them. What else do you have, Smith? My name is Jones, sir. What? You just called me Smith. My name is Jones. But you are a Smith, are you not? Uh, right you are, sir. A Smith called Jones. I see. Anyhow, back to these swords. Well, if the reverse falchion isn't to your liking, my lord... It is not. Then how about this little beauty, the one-handed greatsword? A one-handed greatsword? Greatswords, they're traditionally large weapons, heavy to wield or requiring the use of both hands. Yes, sir, but this one is one-handed. How intriguing. What has been done to balance the weight so that such a large weapon can be wielded with but a single hand? Uh, Nothing, sir. Nothing? No, sir. So how is it in any way a one-handed greatsword? Well, it's just like a regular greatsword. Right. But you use it one-handed. So it is not made of some super light material, or enchanted, so that it swings with little effort? Uh, no, sir. This is ridiculous. Reverse falchions, one-handed greatswords. Don't you have any normal weapons? Oh, I see you are a discerning customer, my lord. Uh, what's that one over there? That? Oh, that's a miniature longsword, sir. A miniature longsword. Yes, sir. It's like a long sword, but not as long. So it is a short sword. Oh, no, sir. It's a miniature long sword. 
but is in all respects identical to a short sword. Well, if you're going to be pedantic, my lord. Pedantic? This is pedantry. It's basic common sense. What sort of an outfit are you running here? I am the finest weaponsmith in all the realm, my lord. My swords are beloved by rich and poor alike. Why, the king himself is a personal customer. Is he now? And what does he buy? A flexible rapier? A seven-foot dagger? No, don't tell me. A two-handled scimitar. No, no, that would be silly, sir. He bought a broadsword. A broadsword? You're right, my lord, a broadsword. Just a regular broadsword, not a leg-mounted broadsword or an inward-pointing broadsword. That's right, sir. Well, I'll have one of those then, please, Sir Smith. One regular old broadsword to go, if you please. Ah, oh, sorry, sir, but we have none in stock. There's really not much demand for them. Not much demand? The broadsword is one of the most widely used blades in all of the nine baronies. Well, not around here, sir. Fine, fine. I'll take the reverse falchion, the one-handed greatsword, and the miniature longsword. Beggars cannot, as they say, be choosers. All right, you are, sir. And can I interest you in any armour while you're here? Mm, this old breastplate is looking a little worn. What do you have, Smith? Jones. Right, right, Jones. I have this just in, my lord. It would be perfect for you. A shiny new perforated breastplate. I dread to ask. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for, uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. So, Salvage Union, which is all about giant robots, one of my favourite subjects. Yes. yes. So, guys, tell me, please, what is Salvage Union? Salvage Union is a post-apocalyptic um, mech tabletop RPG. It's got a narrative focus to it, and it's actually powered by the Quest RPG, um, which is a um, fantasy RPG, which equally has a um, sort of big narrative focus and a core kind of variable D20 resolution mechanic that powers the whole thing. And it's also one of the hardest RPGs to Google. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, they, they didn't really think about the SEO when they uh, uh, perhaps named that. To be fair, uh, we went with Level Up as well, which doesn't. I mean, yeah. So back to Salvage Union. Yeah. yeah.
So yep. giant, giant, giant mechs, basically. Yeah, mm. so huge mechs salvaging in the wastelands. Um, the world is is dead, you know, centuries of war, um, corporate wars, and then sort of union takeovers and uh, the, the back and forth between sort of, I suppose, the, the pendulum swinging, if you like, the political pendulum swinging back and forth mm. um, has left the world mostly a ravaged hellscape. The big corpos live in their huge arcologies, uh, which dot the landscape, various shapes and sizes. Yet yeah, everybody else is left to fend for themselves. Hmm. Uh, as a result, the salvage unions have formed, um, uh, living and operating off their union crawlers, mm-hmm. which are, you know, sort of enormous mechanized cities, essentially, um, which I crawl across the, the waste. I love and, the art for that as well. Yeah. Oh, it looks a little bit like an yeah. attack combined with maybe a... We've, we've got a few different pieces, actually. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, actually, with those, um, we sort of approached Hamish to do the art mm. at Out of the Forests on Twitter, uh, Hamish Freiter. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I approached him to do the art because um, I actually saw some of his art and I was like, that's the exact sort of art that, you know, mm. we kind of want for the game anyway. Mm. So we commissioned a couple of pieces, but then he showed me just sort of like um, his sort of back catalogue, if you like. We actually just licensed some pieces because they were just mm. already perfect. <laughs> yeah, well. It was actually, yeah, real, really good. Yeah, v- visually, yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah visually, it's it's a really, really powerful yeah. message. Uh, it very much reminds me of the works of uh, Jacob uh, Rokosowski. Sorry if I've, mar- I've definitely mangled that name. I do apologise. Uh, but he did the... Uh, sort of World War One, World War Two steam mechs that were yeah. going, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, like for the board game Scythe, and it's also got like there's a certain amount of like a little bit of that sort of the same flavour has uh, Tales from the Loop. I, I was going to yeah. say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A few yeah. few people have mentioned Scythe and Tales from the Loop before, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're not really wrong in a way because um, yeah. I feel like a lot of the setting is actually borne out by the art. Um, mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of quite deliberately doing that as well to an extent, because I think uh, when you sort of use the art in the book to kind of tell the story, it, mm. it's less kind of codified. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's not so much of, oh, this is canon and that date is canon and this is what mm-hmm. happened here and then. Uh, we try and be a little bit looser about it so that you can tell your own stories. But then, you yeah. know, you've kind of that that setting is kind of implied just through the thing. And then so you can take from the art and kind of go, right, OK, this is how I visualize it. And then, you know, that's yeah. the story that you're telling yeah, it's an ex- yeah. excellent way to do it. It's like focusing yeah. on the emotional experience of the setting yeah. rather than yeah. like the nuts and bolts of facts and figures, which is, yeah, yeah that's exactly. a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So the focus of the game, is that kind mm. of more, given given the name um, Salvage Union, is that more about salvaging resources? Is that the sort of adventures you're going to be going on and then fighting fighting others for those resources? What's the sort of nuts and bolts of Hmm. what you're going to be actually getting up to when you play yeah so the core of play is our um, campaign mode Um, the idea for that is that you'll start out on a small crawler with a sort of plucky group of uh, basic sort of scrap together mechs which you'll be Mm -hmm. able to build yourself the game's going to have a full character Mm. creation um, in terms of your pilot as well as a full mech creation system to do it from scratch and uh, then yeah you'll um, explore the uh, wastelands and uh, in a hunt for salvage and as you do so you know tackle the denizens of the waste for wastelanders for Corpos, uh, the Bio Titans, the aliens, and all the other bizarre things within the wastes. And as you do that, you'll grow, you'll get 
scrap and salvage you'll bring it back you'll upgrade your mechs you'll build new mechs and so on and so forth so that's mm. yeah that's the core and within that you are salvagers you are members of a salvage union um, again of your own creation and uh, you'll have like a little salvager a salvage union crawler sheet as well like a your mm-hmm. your character sheet effectively for your um, your crawler uh, yeah. and uh, yeah you build it up from there so that's the um, that's the gist of it um, we also have a mission mode which is more like action packed narrative-esque one shots or very small um, series of sessions but the core player is going to be that campaign mode so what's the kind of distinction sort of like time-wise in the game between you would tend to be sort of piloting your mech as opposed to wandering around without the mech what's the sort of balance there um, so at the moment, um, the core of players, obviously, it's a mech game. It's intended to be out in the waste within your uh, in Sorry, your mech. So it's mainly mech focused. Yeah. Yeah. However, um, the pilots are very competent, and um, in a lot of the playtests, people will jump out of their mechs and do stuff as pilots. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, room for pilot only missions as well. And uh, though a lot of the pilot stuff will mostly come in sort of a downtime where you're like back at your crawler, um, exploring, picking up rumors and stuff like that. But there's also room to like you know go to a corpo as just your pilots and explore mm. the um, explore the mega city and stuff like. Like that. Yeah, so it's quite flexible, yeah. and we purposely did make the pilots quite competent. Whilst they can't go to toe to toe with a mech, you know, um, they still have a lot of utility and um, abilities of their own. So they're not going to. Yeah. The, the scout can definitely go toe to toe with a mech. Like you know, we, we gave some of them like really oh. big guns, you know. So we, there, there are <laughs> there are anti anti mech weapons, you know, that yeah. you can use. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Sorry, I'm cutting across. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good. Mech. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, like, like I say, it's um, the, the the key thing is that um, the sort of the gameplay loop is based around salvaging because particularly in the campaign mode, that's how you level up is by getting salvage, essentially, because yeah. you don't technically mm. level up like, you know, there, there are no stats to get better. Um, your abilities and your equipment and your systems and modules and everything on your mech that's what gets improved and that gets improved by finding new stuff finding new bl- blueprints and um new parts and then building them up and sort of yeah upgrading yeah that way. yeah that, that's very very old school gold for xp in fact uh, you, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you, you you found our hidden influence um <laughs> i follow like, canny on twitter is the influence is less hidden canny like old school dnt wow <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, but it's, um, but you know, it is that sort of new take on it. Like, obviously, there's a lot of mm. like games like Minecraft or Rust or all these sort of um, crafting games. Like, we've we've got those sort of elements too. Um, mm. um, yeah. That's the idea of it. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. yeah sort I, of I, I'm really interested in what media has uh, been big influences on you. So for for me, very much Mech Warrior Three was actually Ooh. like that. That was one of the key things um, for me in terms of mech building because um, mm. it was it was all, like you know I spent literally hours building mechs with that. Pretty much always just trying to get sort of continuous beam lasers um, mm. and then just trying to balance those out with heat sinks. So they were the only mm. two systems. It's just it's just lasers <laughs> and heat sinks. And um, <laughs> just like right, okay, push the button, and then watching the enemy's health bar go down while simultaneously watching your heat bar go up and wondering yeah, which one's going to get there first. first. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so that 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 for me was kind of like a really big thing to fit in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean um, BattleTech as um, well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, indeed Mech Warrior. I mean Mech Warrior Two was the first one I played, I and mean, then Mech Warrior Four um, yeah. I got really into. Um, beyond that, I sort of see the setting at the moment. It's quite. Um, kitchen sink it's got a lot of like post-apocalyptic um and Ooh. sort of um, influences oh, yeah. and sci-fi influences whether june uh mad max all that good um all that good jazz fallout of course um yeah, and it's just sort of a mishmash bit yeah. of borderlands yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's um yeah. and it's intended to be a mishmash so you again you can like take it and take what elements
elements you want from it like um, and then um, remove what elements you don't want and then run it how you want to you know? yeah visually for me as well 2000 AD is quite a big um, a big thing because the, the, the other sort of thing as well I guess with the setting is that it is kind of post-apocalyptic but it's not it's not everybody lives in a you know hut um, made out of corrugated mm. rusted steel um you know the the sort of the corporate arcos are kind of still elysium-esque kind of you know yeah. uh, spirey structures i mean you don't live in one but just because you don't <laughs> live in one doesn't mean they don't exist you know mm. and um, that sort of high-tech stuff still exists within the world and getting a bit of that is within your sort of like remit yeah. um i suppose yeah so what's the sort of in-game reason for why someone would live in the wasteland as opposed to in one of the arcologies. Uh, luck, luck, basically. Yeah, 1% of people live in the arcologies because, right, right. mm, yeah, good, yeah. good for yeah. them. I, I was yeah. going to say, it feels like a very politically aware sort of game about sort of massive inequality and haves and have nots. Is that um, a yeah, fair that's... representation of what was going through your heads? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Panny's game Shadow of Mog, um, I think, quite <laughs> sort of like, you know, we, we, we're not subtle as a games company, I don't think. Um, so I think we're definitely not. Yeah. Shadow, of, <laughs> Shadow of Mog is definitely, yeah. 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 Well, and you were yeah. like, You knew what you were going into when you looked at the front cover and by yeah. the name, so yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But again, like obviously with Salvage, we're we're trying not to make it sort of like you know. I mean, obviously, yeah, we we obviously have our. Poli- I think it's impossible to keep politics out of games, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they're always going to shine through to a certain extent. But you know, we're 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 not trying to hide them. But we're also sort of like Salvage Union. It's not really front and center like with Mog. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. Um, yeah. it's just part of the background. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I, I think any artist brings their politics to the art they make. Yeah, it's just like whether you happen to share it or not. That's mm. Yeah. Relevant to whether you notice it, really. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm. No, that's it. I think as Pete Peter mentioned earlier, and I'm just looking at the Beta Quick Start Guide in front of me here, and yeah. you mentioned earlier that it looked, it reminded you of a Haynes Manual, and Alec, you said that's exactly what you were going for. Yeah. Yes. Um, just, I just, meant that as a compliment, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. That's how I take yes. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it reminds me of the thing you were exactly going for. Is definitely. A compliment, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, just for the Americans listening, they might not know what a Haynes manual is. Um, oh, yeah. So that's kind of like a... You, you tend to get them for vehicles, like car, cars and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. And it'll be like um, a sort of a, a mechanics guide to the mm. car. And you can yeah. just pick them up in bookshops or whatever. And they're kind of hardcover books, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You, can also get them for things, you, you can also get them for things like the Millennium Falcon and stuff. Yeah, I think because in the last sort of like twenty years, they've. I mean, they were. I mean, um, for me anyway, growing up in the nineties, like everybody's dad had multiples, right? Like you yeah. know, it was yeah. just they were in every garage across the entire country because, like you know, if if the light bulb broke and you were like where the hell is that clip to get mm. that light thing out there's no youtube mm. videos is there so you know it's kind no, of yeah. like that that was the only way was with a haynes manual it was like an atlas like they were just there mm. yeah and um yeah that's why like for me it was you know obviously it just seemed because that that's why it's specifically called the workshop manual as well like the actual core mm-hmm. book because you know it's kind of for me in, in my head it was like I wanted it to be kind of like, oh yeah, you know, build your mech guide, right? Like, you know, that, that was kind of the thing. And then again, like with Alex's illustrations, um, that's that's why we got Alex on as kind of because he's got that technical illustration style. Um, you know, we wanted to wanted to drive that through the book. Yeah, yeah. I love how the cover looks like it's distressed. Uh, you yeah. know, it's got, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's battered and scratched and but, but well, well used. Yeah, yeah, frequently yeah. referred to. Yeah. 
again that that's somewhat um well it's kind of a personal choice but um i've seen how panny handles his books so i figured if i I made him a book that looks like this then it will never look bad because it'll just be like yeah it's pre-loved yeah (laughs) keep it in the family alan Yeah, I love, I actually read the books, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't just sit on the shelves like me, yeah, okay, yeah. nice, yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, so, so the characters you can play, and glancing through this, mm-hmm. um, so we've got pre-generated characters in this quick start, so we've got a hauler, a scout, a soldier, a hacker, an engineer, a salvager, uh, so, uh, what's that, five? Five? I've lost uh, we've, got we've, we've got six. We've got six. Six. Quick start, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how were, you, were you writing a game like this? And, um, you know, I've been in the same position when you try to write, say, a, a futuristic game or a sci-fi mm. game or something. How do you decide on the... On the, I, I don't want to say character classes because they're not crap, but you know what I mean. The mm. archetypes you're going to mm. you're going to yep. use. I mean, this came up in one of the uh, playtests we had yesterday. Like someone was like, "Can I just have a smartphone <laughs> and do, <laughs> do, do all the stuff that smartphones do?" Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, again, it's a broad setting. It's how you want mm. to apply it. I feel we've gone for a, somewhat of a like it's still the nineties imagining of how like a mech future would be. Right. right <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To a degree, yeah. Like we've got a lot of like um, you know big computer systems that you can slot into your mech and um, antennas and comms systems and all that sort yeah, of um, exactly yeah, jazz. Yeah. Uh, Second wave yeah. retro futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. is cables and cassettes and mini disc mm. and yeah, you, know, you don't yeah. want downloadable content on your Mech, do you? That's just yeah. not yeah. right. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's, that, I that's mean, do you want to break your mech? Do you want to break yeah. your mech? That's what happens. You know. <laughs> that, that, that's Especially when we try and root it. Corpo yeah. Miltech stuff that, you know, it's Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, my, my mech insists it needs to update itself before <laughs> <laughs> That was a touch screen. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so just looking through these, um, what do you call them? Not, not classes. Well, yeah, we, we, we're calling them yeah, classes. We're calling them yeah. Yeah. classes. Okay. Yeah. classes yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier the scout. Is that mm. sort of, and it's got this big antimatter rifle that I'm looking at here. You say that yeah. these characters on, on their own can take on a mech. Um, well, the antimatter rifle is um, so we've got two different types of damage um, in in line with basically the way the way the game works is um, <laughs> the the pilot and the mech systems are analogous but separate. Right. So um, uh, we've got HP for pilots and we've got SP or structure points for um, uh, mechs. <laughs> and um, the antimatter rifle does structure point damage as opposed to health point damage. Right. right. Um, so it can be used on on mechs. If you use a HP weapon on a mech, it's basically um, half rounded down damage, mm. and mm-hmm. um, it's double rounded up for the other way around. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the the systems are essentially mirrored for each of them. Um, but mm. yeah, you know that this particular scout has that gun, but your scout might not. Mm-hmm. You know, in in obviously in character creation, um, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah, the oh. um, the pre-made characters are purposely like sort of what we'd imagine as quote-unquote mid-level characters, so they've got kind of up- upgrades and gears and stuff to make the quick-start experience um, mm. a bit more fun, so you can test out a lot more um, things, um, but yeah, yeah, you'll start out a bit, more, um, a bit more basic, but you'll still have a lot of customization options and yeah. go from there. So in the mm. final book, it feels like there'll be like a lot of gear, a lot yeah. of 
different bits for mechs. There'll be different bits for pirate pilots. Is that is that right? That's right. Yeah, there'll yeah. be um, there'll be lots of equipment for pilots to take, and also a whole list of abilities. <laughs> so um, uh, the scout there obviously has some abilities, but um, just <laughs> like in Quest, there will be ability trees that you can pick from oh, um, and okay. uh, develop um, as you develop your pilot. Yeah, mm. it'll work in a sort of similar way. Um, yeah, a lot of the game is going to be kind of like those tables, essentially of of equipment, because that's kind of partly what it is. And um, mm-hmm. we've tried to sort of backend that as much as we can by putting it into the downtime. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, um, it doesn't hold up play because you don't mm-hmm. have that much to look at during play. Yeah. But then you've mm-hmm. got kind of, because there is that sort of thing um, a little bit now. And um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like it, but it's, it goes back to that mech warrior thing is like character creator, the RPG, you know, you spend your time mid session, then being able to get excited about like, Oh, okay. What yeah, am I going to tinkering gonna... with it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. come back to the table with the, Oh, okay. Here's my new build. You know? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've always said that that's like an important part for me of mm. role playing is that the time at the table isn't the only part of the game. Yeah. yeah. Going away and tinkering is as important a part of the game for me, whether it's tinkering with my character or tinkering with the rules themselves or whatever, that's an important part of the hobby for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really how we solve the problem of like, because we wanted to create a mech game that was like simple, accessible and easy to learn and play. Um, but mm. we still wanted to retain that tinkering and that crunch that makes the mm. sort of mech genre what it is. Yes. Um, mm. And the solution for that was to put all the crunch in the downtime. So you'd have a bit of time to mm. process it and work it out in, in between sessions. I mean, actual play is like just super smooth and just makes sense mm. and as straightforward as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, so actual play is is PowerPoint the quest system. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess the two questions that spring to mind immediately are why quest and mm. uh, also what is quest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> in, in any order yeah. Um, so yeah Quest is a um, fantasy adventure RPG and by a company called the Adventure Guild mm-hmm. it's um, super accessible super simple mm. rules light and like um, it's just a great like introduction to role playing games and um, it positions mm. itself as sort of being an alternative to D&D effectively mm. and mm. Um, yeah it's a really simple game everything you that D20 core mechanic is what drives it um, it's like a variable resolution so you have like a 20 is like the thing goes really well uh, 11 to 19 is like a um, straight success a 6 to 10 is a tough choice of some mm. kind some sort of mm. consequence or difficulty a 2 to 5 is like a failure with some sort of consequence and then a natural one is your is your like critical failure so it sort of expands on that sort of what in people's head how a d20 mm. mechanic works in d right. yeah. um, but then yeah. just lays it out in a really simple form and then strips everything else off so there's no stats um, other yeah. than like your so hit points it's, it's literally an unmodified dice roll it's just yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's completely yeah. unmodified there's no stats or anything yeah. like that um, there are classes in quest which have a variety of different abilities um, mm. and that's the broad gist of it and then and we chose that because it turns out it's a really simple as it were chassis to um, mm. hack into a mech game because again we wanted to make a sort of narrative sort of simple to access thing and then when you look at those character abilities you're like oh so those could just be abilities on your mech and then you only really want to worry about your mech's health like you, mm. you're not that does a mech need like a strength score not necessarily when you mm. think about it um and even within genre that's not necessarily all, like battle tech i don't remember having a strength score for your mech you you have a pilot mm. attack thing i think but anyway that's yeah, yeah. digressing so that was the gist mm. of it it turned out it was just really good for yeah. um uh, to convert and it's got an open srd so we were like yeah let's let's go for it i mean obviously with a flat die roll then things like meta currency are quite important uh, i think you've got something like that like pushing your mech yeah we've got heat and stress mm. which um we we put in because it allows us to have a little bit more flexibility in terms of uh, resource spend 
Um, there's, mm. uh, there's only one really sort of meta currency in Quest, which is ability points. Um, yeah, which is um, uh, basically, yeah, we spend ability points to activate your sort of special abilities, I guess. And right. um, you have a certain amount of that. Uh, we wanted a way to be able to generate some risk, to be able to also give us a bit of uh, versatility in terms of the way we were specking out weapons and uh, systems and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, adding heat in gives us something that's not a long rest thing. It's a short rest thing. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a mechanic, mm. we've got a sort of short yeah. rest meta currency, and then we've got a long rest mm. meta currency, which is the energy oh, okay. points, ability points. So then that gives us then a little bit of flexibility in how we treat them. And, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the idea. Mm. Yeah. Letting the engines cool off 10 minutes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dumping off loads of heat and having a yeah. good night's sleep sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or tuning up your reactor when you get back to the crawler and to yeah, get yeah, its, yeah. Get, getting its, all its reactor juice fired up. That's the hard sci-fi up, official yeah. term. It's reactor um, juice. Reactor yeah, gaseous, <laughs> gaseous <laughs> lithium. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, um, I think that, well, yeah. that, that's what that, I think. I don't know, from my literal, like, 30 seconds browsing the Wikipedia article, anyway, what, what you put in a fusion reactor, apparently. <laughs> right, right. Don't don't let it get out yes. into contact with air, because that would be super bad. Like, super bad, guys. Don't do that. Yeah, wow. don't, don't, definitely don't do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can't use that book to build an actual <laughs> reactor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's sort of like not letting the blue smoke escape from a computer. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the blue smoke, the blue yeah. smoke re- remains right. in yeah, the yeah. computer. Yeah. As opposed to burning everything yeah. like a yeah. Yeah. magnesium flare. Yeah. So this, this, quick, oh. this quick start that we're looking at here, so it's nearly 90 pages. It's not a mm. small yeah. quick start. It's quite <laughs> substantial. Uh, yeah. it's all, I mean, one might argue it's actually a full game. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what do you get in the actual game? That, I presume mm. it's a hardcover, it's a hardcover book? Mm. Hardcover uh, yeah, book hardcover, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, mm. that's not in the quick start. Because the quick start we've got, what, six, five, five pre-generated characters? Six characters. Six yeah. uh, uh, we got each with a mech, we've got yeah. an adventure, and we've got sort of an introduction to the core rules. Is that, is mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, 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 what do we get if we actually back the Kickstarter? Mm. So, I mean, the full book's going to be um, three hundred plus pages, um, hardback, and uh, the most important thing it's going to include is the full rules for building your mechs from Ooh. scratch, which mm. will include um, twenty plus um, unique chassis, um, similar to the Quick Start chassis, like we've got the Magpie on the cover and the Brawler and so forth. Mm. We're going to add a whole bunch more, and then also add rules for just making your own chassis and um, doing all that jazz um, plus there's going to be have rules to make pilots from scratch we're going to have 12 plus uh, pilot classes um, and again they're going to be customizable from a from the ground up uh, we're going to have expanded rules beyond that for the campaign mode which are going to go a bit more nitty-gritty into how to build up your crawler how to um, start a campaign mode a few exploration like exploration mechanics and stuff like that and beyond that lots more art and other cool stuff um, i mean alad uh yeah, so, yeah. So um, I think I think the key thing, the key thing that definitely very much isn't in the quick start, and it's quite deliberate, is um, uh, you know character creation and mech building. You've got some customization mm. in there just to show how the pro- process works, but that's that's the main thing that sort of like um, we're going to develop into mm. that. Also, lots of uh, NPCs. So we have a whole roster mm. of uh, bio titans, um, uh, our sort of giant engineered monsters uh, with art. Um, uh, all the corpo NPC mechs. Um, oh, so I was going to ask about that. Yeah, do, so, the cor- yeah. do the corporations also have mechs? The corpos also have mechs, and they're right. way better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, very much. Um, uh, you know, there, there will be corpo mechs in there and um, probably blueprints as well if you manage to get mm. hold of one and reverse engineer it. Mm. So yeah, and then loads more salvage tables and modules and systems as well. So obviously we've got mm. um, we've got I think about ten pages of modules and systems in at the moment, mm. but we will have probably well i don't know there's there's 50 modules 50 systems that we're planning mm. at the moment uh, or more so we've probably got about 100 pages um just of systems and modules so it's and this is all mm. sort of just customization stuff that you can do so mm. the idea behind this is that it doesn't really hold up play again like you know it's the kind of the mm. back of the book that you can go mm. delving in at your leisure when you're kind of like ooh how can I combo this out? You know, if I take this and I take this mm. and I take this, mm. like this then gets ridiculously powerful. And yeah. it's about, right, okay, now I have to gather all the materials I need to actually make this sort of combo mm. work. Mm. It's kind of that sort of deck building thing, you know, in Magic the Gathering sort of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a mini game beyond it. So that that's that's really what the, the main game that's that's what's in the book and then loads more art as well so um, as i say we've got uh, mickle pledger on board now as well doing um, our corpo mech art uh, mm. so we've been teasing some of that in our discord we've got francesco who's going to be doing uh, most of our pilot and monster art um, and then we've got um, i've got a whole load of frescoes actually um uh, there's an interesting thing the corpo arcologies um i've got um a friend of mine who's an architect and he, he does a lot of um i don't know if you know about much about architect my wife's an architect so i know way more about it than i should um <laughs> because they never stop talking about it <laughs> I, 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 i'm the opposite of that when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> so he does like a lot of british high-tech stuff which is kind of like sort of 90s early 2000s sort of architectural style uh, 80s as well i think actually 80s 90s mm. but anyway um he was telling me all about it um but he's going to design all of our arcologies for us they're architecturally oh. accurate arcologies um, which I think will be really cool and then I can pass those over to Hamish then and then we can get those but yeah because again you know you kind of want those really cool landscapes right so, so, so like, a minute. Uh, in, this, in this bleak dystopian future of the mm. real world when someone starts using your designs as blueprints so yeah we'll have these sort of like cool landscapes i'm gonna get um i've got loads of commissions sort of, sort of ready for hamish where we've got like these arcologies off in the landscape mm, you know mm. and then you know we'll have lots of other stuff in there as well so um there'll be a bit more setting uh fluff um and um uh yeah sort of abandoned arcologies and stuff like that as well for you to Ooh. explore and mm -hmm. um uh, yeah all the gear for the pilots uh really mm. excited actually about mm, um yeah. Uh, all, all, all the things to commission. So many right. things to commission. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and well, so just on top of that, um, expanded mission mode. So we are going to do oh, yeah, um, course, yeah. a bit. If you, um, if you do, just want to play it as a one shot or as a small sort of arc, um, we're going to put some uh, rules there on how to like structure that. And there is also mm. going to be an expanded scenario in the book of the quick start scenario. So there's going to yep. be a, a scenario in the book which expands on the downing of the Atticos and adds more detail and stuff like that. So yeah. we've also funded mm. one stretch goal as well already, which is module adventure module, uh, which is going to be written by uh, Diogo Nogueira mm. of Halls of the Blood King fame. That one we're really excited for. That's called uh, We Were Here First. And um, we have a couple of other stretch goals hidden up our sleeve, which uh, we'll probably be announcing soon because we're actually powering through them at the moment. So mm. Um, mm. Uh, we, need to, we need to actually update that page. Because yeah. um, uh, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have some more that we need to, uh, that we need to put on there. Um, you you so, did mention earlier how well you were doing, but I, that wasn't like whilst we were Oh yeah. Record. So Russ hasn't heard it for a start. Um yeah, so we're currently on where are we? Sorry, I'm just scrolling up. We're the page. on uh, seventeen thousand five hundred at the moment. There we um, go, yeah. yeah. Um uh, so, of yeah. a 
What, what, what was um, your goal? Well, our goal was 8k, so... <laughs> yeah, we've, um, yeah. we've comfortably passed that. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice. Um, yeah. yeah, 16k was the first stretch goal. Um, we're working mm. up to 20k for the second stretch goal, which is going to be a um, dust cover um, for the special yeah. edition, which mm. is actually going to look like the main edition mm. um, cover, um, because, yeah, because uh, people... some of the fans requested that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people are asking for it, because they, they really love the special edition, because I, I love cloth-bound books. Cloth-bound books are kind of my, mm. my thing. And um, uh, so I was like, well, the special edition is definitely going to be cloth bound with a sort of foil embossing and then people are like oh nice. yeah i really like that but i really like the haynes cover as well can't we have a dust jacket so we're like right okay um so the special edition will be well i i say if we hit 20k i'm relatively confident with 32 days that we can we can probably reach that so yeah. it will um, it will come yeah. with um a dust jacket uh for the haynes cover as well so uh you don't have to buy it's a bit of a bad move though really because some people were then like oh yeah no i'm just going to buy both books and then i was kind of like oh maybe we shouldn't do that then <laughs> encourage people to no. buy both but no um uh yeah we'll do we'll do the dust jacket and then um yeah i think we've got um we've got a few others um some of them will expand the content in the book and then um a, a lot of the lot of it will actually go towards um hiring writers and artists to produce additional mm. content essentially mm. uh, a lot of which will be delivered digitally we are looking at doing um offering add-ons uh, for printed mm. copies of the adventures and stuff like that as well so mm. Yeah, we've got um, uh, we've got a bit of work to do now over, mm. over yeah. the Christmas period. So. Mm. Yeah. Is there, is, is there a long term plan for more mm. support as well beyond the Kickstarter? Is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so we're, I mean, yeah, we, we're planning to um, work on this for for a year basically mm. before we um, start fulfilling. Um, and yeah, beyond that, we've um, brewing in our heads um, our like yeah expansions and further support, and also throughout mm. the whole next year like i'm going to be running uh play tests on the um discord on a weekly um basic basis on my savage union discord and as we test like stuff like the campaign mode and just try and get it right and invite people in from the community whether backers or not and get them uh, get them playing the game basically encourage mm-hmm. other people to do it give some gm support like we really do want to grow it and uh, yeah. make it as good as possible mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think it's one of those things there's just um there's a lot of stories and content to tell in this and we 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 couldn't fit all of it into one book like just mm-hmm. if, if we tried so it's a, it's going to have to be a relatively long term project i i can't imagine we'll be done developing salvage like obviously the first book will have shipped but you know i can't imagine we'll have stopped working on it for years because yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know and you know, once you've successfully launched an ip as well you kind of like right okay you want to support it right you want to yeah. see yeah. see it flourish you know yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. i mean that's what mothership did and see where they are now so you mm-hmm. know so <laughs> we'd be fools not to i think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's it yeah. um so dragon meet tomorrow Sadly, yeah. sadly, I can't be there. But are you running demos there, or sadly not? Panny's um, a bit under the weather, so he won't be able to attend. He was going to be doing. It. I'll be running the stand, so I won't be able to do uh, mm. both. Sadly, um, mm. but we do have printed copies of the Quick Starts Guide, which because looks I am, I am, I am mm. a sucker for anything in print. So I was immediately like, okay, yeah, I want to print this out because it's big enough. It's worth it. Mm. So, so, so mm. for people who haven't backed the Kickstarter, mm. if you back and it on the day or aren't going to dragon meat how mm. could they get a copy of that asking for a friend eh Russ it's a pretty limited run at the moment so yeah, um, we've, we've only yeah. printed a few copies um if if we're going to be sending some out as review copies, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we'll also be, um, uh, but we're we're waiting until Dragon Meat because obviously backers come first, so um, yeah. we're saving oh, them for okay. backers first. So mm. anyone who's backed it um, or wishes to back it on the day as well, if mm. you're there and yeah. you see it and you decide you want it, by all means back on the day and then you can have a mm-hmm. copy. Yeah. Woo-hoo. 
You can, you can make people back it in front of you, waving the copy. You can yeah, use this if you press that button. Uh, just <laughs> move. You've sussed our go evil on. plan. Just press the button. You know you want to. The new book smell is like, oh, it's so enticing. Yeah. Oh, dangerous salesmanship. Yeah. I love it. No, it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, three three hundred and fifty GSM <laughs> recycled, uncoated. Ooh, lovely sutusa. Something for the weekend. Um, yeah, that's that's the pitch, and um, we'll also have all of our other stuff as well. So we'll have our back catalogue there, um, as well as because um, uh, uh, we do OSR modules as well. Um, right. uh, on a monthly basis, we have a Patreon that we do that on. So uh, we'll have um, uh, three of those there. So that's that's the sort of thing. So it's a little A five. Yeah. And um, yeah, folds out. It's all very blurry. What was that? Sorry, it's a. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, this is Bastard King of Thraxford Castle. Uh, is this? One? Oh, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, so that's a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. No, no. Uh, so that's a uh, fold out like Rizo printed um, oh. adventure through a um, macabre feudal settlement uh, turned into Ooh, like, like everyone basically like turned into yeah. zombies. Yeah. Folds and, out yeah. into a full size poster size thing. Yeah, yeah. So it folds out, um, but basically you can lay it down on the table. It makes a little impromptu GM screen, and on mm. one side is mm. the player map. And then on the other mm. side is all the um, the tables and uh, random mm. encounters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's yeah. all at your fingertips. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, so we've got three of those that we've done now. So we'll have all those. So is A5 yeah. a thing that you guys like? Because I noticed this is A5 as well. Sam Virginia is also A5. A5, uh, yeah. um, to the Americans out there, is um, half the size of A4, letter? which is yeah, it's half, it's half, half letter. letter size. Yeah, yeah give yeah. or take, yeah. yeah. Or digest mm. size, I believe they call it in the States. Okay. Oh, digest yes. size. Yeah. Yeah, a- yeah, no, I... I much prefer a5 i don't actually particularly like a4 books generally mm. um i find them a bit unwieldy right right uh, um, for for use at the table yes but they do make excellent shields no. they do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean if i was strapping one to my arm for you know the 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 sort of apocalypse fight out of london then um uh yeah a, a4 all the way electric bastion land probably it's a thick a4 that one so you know that Ooh, one yeah. that, that one would be meaty on the, on the yeah. other arm yeah. I, I i feel that would be better has impromptu body armor but yeah i hear what you're saying mm. yeah, yeah okay fair enough yeah, yeah. No, i'll go with that yeah. <laughs> stop small arms fire is what we're saying mm. <laughs> small arms fire. is that like a t-rex with its small arms exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. like t-rex holding a lit brand that's mm. Yeah, that's what small arms yeah. is. The Kickstarter runs until when? When does it end? Fifth mm. of January. Fifth of January, running over Christmas and New Year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we we stretched out a few extra days because we didn't want it to finish on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, that's probably uh, not people were probably a little bit distracted. So we thought we'd give you time to get back into work, uh, get bored, and then start browsing Kickstarter again. And um, <laughs> you know, all, all those things you didn't get for Christmas, buy them for yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. So um, uh, once you're back in January, uh, we'll we'll get that last few days. And uh, how and, uh, much? How much would it set us back? <laughs> Um, yeah, so the core book is um, £28 on Kickstarter. Um, that gets you the PDF as well. Mm. Um, if you just want the PDF, it's um, £15 sterling, and the special edition is uh, £40, and that also comes with a uh, PDF. So yeah. those, are the, those are the core levels. And um, uh, all, all the levels include um, uh, all the all the PDF stretch goals. So um, any mm. any digital stretch goals that we do will be for everybody. Um, uh, most of the physical stretch goals will be uh, released as add-ons, as, mm. as is tradition. But um, uh, there are a few physical stretch goals that we uh, probably have planned that will be little freebies, uh, such mm. as the day one patch, which, will, which is obviously free. 
I'm doing something that I do rarely. I am backing it live on Kickstarter. Oh, Confirm on my Apple Watch. They, okay. it, it, to pay? Are they able to resist that new book smell? I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, if you have somebody, there we go. We if you have somebody to collect for you, then um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to absolutely put one aside for you, Russ. Thank you so much for coming on. Mm. Yes, oh, thank no, you. it's been for us. an absolute yeah, pleasure. We are going to let you get on with your day. Thanks again, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Um, are you both familiar with... I know you are, Paddy, because you've been on before, but uh, are you familiar with the format of the show? Uh, I'm not, no. Um, if you want to run me through it real brief, that would be great. Well, we start with a musical number, then we all do yeah. a bit of a dance, and then uh, then the chicken costumes come out. And uh, yes. should I should I <laughs> nice. get should I get the boa? Um, yes. Am I going to need that? Yeah, okay. Yes, one hundred percent. Unfortunately, it's somewhat wasted in audio format. But hey, yeah, yeah. that is true. We, we'll yeah. know, even if the listeners don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll know in our hearts. That's not yeah. an important thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs>